final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider. Welcome to The Final Word. If you're keeping score at home, and I know you are, then you're well aware that this is a show that invites you into the conversation by getting your opinion on TV every Sunday night on Channel 11. It's award-winning, star-studded, all wrapped up into one. And without further delay, let's get into that star-studded part. The afternoon host at 105.9 The X, Mark Madden. Albie, I would like the people watching to do a favor for a friend of mine. Would somebody please give Todd Frazier a job? I mean, Dick Sporting Goods, 7-Eleven, somebody hire this guy. From our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, welcome back, Dan. It won't be me, Madden, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, Albie, if you take any shots tonight, do me a favor. Nothing to the glove side, all right? No glove side. <laughs> From the Trib, also Steelers radio host, Tim Benz. Hi, Tim. I looked at that Steelers schedule, and boy, is it tough. We'll get to that later on in the show, but I do want to put one thing out there very quickly. I do agree with one point, and that comes from inside linebacker Devin Bush. There's no way the Steelers lose to the Jaguars. They don't play them, but there's no way they're going to lose to them either. Some of the topics we'll play uh, talk about tonight, we're looking for five words. Your outlook on how the Penguins Islanders series will end up now Tristan Jari had a mixed performance. How do you expect him to respond after the game one loss? Penguins are 1-10 and 10 in their last 11 playoff games. What's the biggest reason for this trend in your view? And after hearing from some of the players at Rookie Minicamp, what's your first impression of some of the new Steelers? But first, it's the night's big topic. What's your concern level about the series after today's Penguins lost to the Islanders in overtime? Mark, start us off. Uh, I am extremely concerned on behalf of the Penguins. That loss today looked like a continuation of the series from 2019 where the New York Islanders swept the Penguins. The Penguins were getting through the neutral zone a little better, but they weren't spending nearly enough time on the Islanders' end. The Islanders were getting odd man breaks. They were sneaking behind the Pittsburgh defense to get the occasional breakaway. And the Islanders just outskated the Penguins and the difference in speed and conditioning became more prevalent as the game wore on. I thought from the minute that the Penguins killed off that double minor to Jeff Carter, the Islanders seized momentum during that power play, even though they did not score and never gave it back. The result was not in doubt once the Islanders, even when Kapanen tied the game, I felt like the Islanders controlled things and the result was never in doubt. So yeah, my concern level on the Penguins' behalf is very high. Dan, how about you? Well, I agree with the outcomes that Mark described. I disagree with the causes of it. To me, that team that I saw today had everything going right, right up until Tristan Jari would give up a softy, and then it would just suck the air out of the entire place and undoubtedly out of the entire team. And then from there, it would take the Penguins another few minutes to get their equilibrium back and start attacking again. Then there'd be another soft goal, and it was like, seriously, we're going to do this all day? Well, it turned out they did do it all day. Tristan Jari did make, as you mentioned, Albie, it was a mixed performance. He made some great saves, but as Tom Barrasso once said, it's not the saves you make, it's the goals you give up. And the goals he gave up, three of them, to, actually all four to the glove side, three of them eminently stoppable, and I think the overtime one was stoppable as well if he had just stood and held his post. Tim? My biggest concern is Cal Palmieri isn't going to go back to New Jersey. I don't think that's possible, unfortunately. Uh, I'm also concerned for a couple other reasons. One, now the Penguins have to win on the road at least once. If you're a proponent of, hey, home ice is going to mean a lot in this series, well, they just gave that away 
and they were so good against the Islanders at home. Now they're going to have to go win one on the road. So that does worry me. I'm also a little bit worried that they didn't close out a game. They were up uh, two to one. They were playing decently well enough to be up two to one. Then maybe to dovetail to Mark's point about that kill of the four minute power play that the Islanders were on. They didn't build any momentum off of that. Now, maybe that's the first time since the pandemic crowd has kind of been woven back into this that I thought to myself, boy, having a full house would really help here, but they didn't build off the momentum of the kill. In fact, the Islanders, even though they didn't score, they didn't get deflated and that helped swing momentum back to them. And yo, what Dejan said before about how the Penguins deflated every time Jari gave up a soft goal. If that's the case, they're weak need wimps and they're going nowhere in the playoffs. Anyway, you got to overcome. All right. A reminder, keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on your outlook on how this series will now end up. All right. Uh, from Twitter, goaltending needs to step up. Uh, also from Twitter, roller coaster ride through seven games. And one more from Twitter, Penguins win in seven games. Now, Mark, Dan, and Tim, five words. How's the series going to play out now? Mark, you're first. It will go seven games. And, you know, maybe I should have said that in the first place. Maybe we all should have said that in the first place. I think we've underestimated the Islanders and overestimated the Penguins. DK, five words. Still say Penguins in six. Uh, we have seen Tristan Jari bounce back including a violent U-turn, if you'll remember, back in February whenever everything was going wrong for him. He came back Im immediately, two days later, and just played great. So he's going to have to do that. I don't think the Penguins can lose game two and win this series. Tim, five words. I'll take it one step further than that. Still saying pens and seven. That's what I said at the outset of the series. That's what I will say now, although I did think they'd get game one to get to that seven, so I'm getting a little shaky. All right. Still to come. Tristan Jari had a mixed performance. How do you expect them to respond, as Dane just referred to, uh, after that game one loss? Greg on Facebook says he won't figure it out. Back with more of the final word right after this. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Mark Madden, Dan Kovacevic, and Tim Benz. Tim, Tristan Jari had a mixed performance. How do you expect him to respond after the loss? Uh, I think he will be better because he's bounced back well from previous poor outings. I thought the shots that beat him were all really good shots, but you've got to keep a couple of those out of the net. Going back to what we had said previously in the first segment of the show, you know, look at Sorokin. Like Sorokin made two really good saves, and uh, you know he got beat by a deflection by Sidney Crosby and a snipe from Kasperi Kapanen and a hustle goal from Gaudreau. I mean, he was just one little bit better in this battle of um, lack of experience between the netminders. Round one went to the Islanders, and Tristan Jari can't let round two go there too. And there's nowhere else to turn right now with the Smith hurt. All right, back to Twitter. Got to bounce back. Dane, you're next. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I thought he was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't have another way to put it. Uh, when, when I'm looking at the saves, and I, I look, I saw the saves that he made as well. But you can't give up unscreened 50-foot wrist shots, which is what he was doing. I don't care what side they're going to. Uh, it takes everything out of your team. That's been true of hockey for a century now. 
Uh, can he bounce back? I mean, yeah, I'd like to say yes, and I, and I did say yes in the opening segment because what we saw it in the regular season, but something that all three of us agreed on in last week's show and still applies is that we don't know about this guy in the playoffs because we haven't seen him in the playoffs. Mark? First off, those weren't good shots. I'm not saying he should stop every one, but you can't let all four in. You can't even let three in. Maybe you can let one in and still win the game. But uh, he, his play was unacceptable moving forward. i got to be blunt. I have no expectations because he's an unproven commodity in the playoffs, but that didn't seem to bother Sorokin today. And by the way, the exact Tom Barrasso quote was, the great saves don't take bad goals out of the net. And Tristan Jari proved that today. I don't care about his good saves. I take no solace in that. Tristan Jari lost the game today, period. All right. Today's game one loss continues a difficult stretch for the Penguins in the playoffs. Uh, they and the Pens are one in ten in their last eleven playoff games. Uh, what's the biggest reason for the trend in your view? Uh, I felt there was more of a trend that ran from 2019 to 2020 than I do with anything that happened today. Uh, I, I liked the Penguins' speed today. I liked a lot of their game. I didn't like the parts after Jari gave up a goal. And Mark has a, a good counter to what I said, which is that, yeah, they have to toughen up. But I'd also come back to that, that Kasperi Kapanen scored a really, really big goal there. So they did kind of toughen up uh, after all of Jari's goals that he gave up. But I'm, I'm not ready to go 1-10, 1-11, whatever. Let's see how the series goes before we get into any longer trend here on this. By uh, the way, Kapanen was useless except for that one trip Yeah, down but the it was a heck of a play. I agree with you on that. Still got to do better. I just don't think that the Penguins right now dictate the way that they used to in 16 and 17. I don't think they're the ones asserting tempo. I don't think they're the ones asserting pace. I feel like they're holding on and trying to keep it close and hoping they win, whereas before, especially in 16, teams were just hoping to keep up with them. That's not the case anymore. All right, let's go back to Facebook. Today it was defensive turnovers, bad transition D, and two goals that should have been saved. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Uh, I think when you lose three of four, that's a trend. When you lose 10 of 11, that is cold, grim reality slapping you in the face. It means the Penguins probably aren't that good anymore. It means the Penguins' window is probably shut. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they can prove me wrong. But losing 10 of 11 playoff games, and they've lost seven of their last 10 playoff overtime games, that's not a trend. That just stinks. Hey, real quickly, all three of you, starting with Mark, uh, what about coaching? What about it? I didn't see him make any adjustments. I think at this point, Mike Sullivan just said it's his team out there to do what it does, and the other coach is making all the adjustments. Let's not forget, not only have the Islanders beat the Penguins in five straight playoff games, Barry Trotz has beaten Mike Sullivan in five straight playoff games, and he beat him with Washington in 2018 as well. Dan. Trotz made a good adjustment today. I think the Islanders came out, and some of them talked about this with us afterward. They came out physical after the first period, which I don't think anybody saw coming because you just don't think of them as being aggressive. And there was no counter, as Mark said. All right, Tim. I want to see what the playoff uh, adjustments are in this series for the power play after those last couple of power play opportunities. The first one was good. Uh, the rest definitely left me wanting, and I bet Mike Sullivan's thinking the same thing right now. 
All right. Mike and his players still think it's 2016 and 17. They really do. And it's not. Very clearly, it's not. All right. Quick break from the Penguins. Let's shift to the Steelers. Mark, after hearing some of the players at rookie minicamp, what's your first impression of the newest players on this team? Well, first off, I don't do impressions. <laughs> uh, but Najee Harris is pretty funny. I mean, obviously, we don't know what goes on down there. I don't care what goes on down there. But he cracked a few good one-liners. If the Steelers ever give me a guest again, I'd love to have him on my radio show. All right. Back to Facebook. They, they, they won't, by the way. Brian says, uh, they said all the right things. Let's see how things go come September. Dan, you're next. Yeah, there is saying all the right things. And Najee Harris, in addition to being, as, as Mark said, he was pretty funny through the whole thing, uh, was a lot looser than he was with us around draft time. He said something else that kind of stood out for me when he said uh, when he was asked if he's just kind of trying to blend in here, he said, I'm not here to blend in. Uh, that's that's not what they brought me here to do. He's there to stand out. And that's the attitude that you want from the feature back, the bell cow back, whatever it is that you want to call it. Because you know what? At some point or other, he's going to have to stand up for the running game. You know what I mean? Whether that's to the quarterback, to the coordinator, to the head coach, because you know and I know they're not going to commit anywhere near as much as they should to that aspect. You uh, know and I know they're going to be in the shotgun all the time. Tim, your first impressions. Uh, well, look, if, if Najee Harris thinks that the people who were standing up on the balcony were boosters and not media members, and he think boosters comes to pr come to practice, I hope he's not expecting to get whatever he got from boosters at Alabama from us in the media, because we don't have it to give to him. Sorry, Najee, it ain't coming your way from us. All right, when we come back around the horn on any topic, the final word is next. Welcome back, and yes, it's time for the final word. Everybody gets a chance, and Tim Benz, you're first. Normally when the NFL schedule comes out, I'm a bit underwhelmed because we already know who the opponents are going to be. Mathematically, we can figure it out. It's just a matter of when do they get the games. But there were a couple interesting things that jumped out at me from the Steelers' schedule when it was released, the first of which was getting Buffalo to open things up. That's going to be tough. <laughs> get me six, six and a half right now in the Bills. I also don't like getting the Vikings on a short week after playing the Ravens on Sunday. That's a win that I think normally would happen at a different point in the schedule that might be a loss now going on the road after playing Baltimore and then going to play Minnesota on a Thursday. But the one that really slapped me in the face at the end of the season, Tennessee, Kansas City home and away, then the Browns and Ravens home and away to wrap things up. Those are four brutal games down the stretch for a team that's faded badly in December the last three years. Mark, final word. I want to say something, and, and I hope Penguin fans are listening, and Coach Mike Sullivan, and especially the players. If the Penguins go one and done and get bounced by the Islanders, you will not recognize the roster come next year's training camp. Five, six, maybe more big moves will be made, and the core three will not all stay on the team. I guarantee that, because if you think Brian Burke and Ron Hextall took those jobs to let these Penguins, this roster, organically just fall apart, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. They're not just playing to try to get back to the Stanley Cup final. They're playing to keep this team together. 
Day and final word. You know, not a lot's gone right for the Pirates over the last 20, 30 years, whatever it is now. No! But they've had... It's my turn, Madden. As soon as I talk about the Pirates, you have to start freaking out here. Jacob Stallings has been an outstanding catcher. And I know that the Pirates have had uh, other good catchers of late. Russell Martin, Francisco Cervelli. This guy has been better than either of those guys. He's been, by every advanced analytic, the best defensive catcher in all of baseball. And as people saw at PNC Park Friday and Saturday night, he's also pretty, yeah, he's a pretty good offensive player, not a great one. Why don't people gravitate more toward him? Why isn't he better? No, I'm still convinced it has to do with his being Kevin Stallings' son. No. I, I'm telling you, I think I know that's crazy. But every time something good comes up about him, you hear something about his dad. I mean, seriously, give him a break. All right. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Tim and Mark. Our final word now from social media. Dave says pens in five. All right. Wow. Thanks for that. <laughs> Couple he must have sent that before game one completed. <laughs> Couple of, uh, program rem reminders. Uh, join us on our streaming channel, WPXI Now, Wednesday night, 7.30, halftime adjustments, and lots to discuss about Penn's Islanders. And speaking of the playoff series, make sure you're with us on Channel 11 and NBC next Saturday, game four, one hour of live post-game coverage as well. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Mark, Dan, and Tim. Thanks for staying up with us. We'll see you next time.